Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, I'm Gemma Bath, filling in for Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Right now, much of Australia is burning. Thanks to climate change, our bushfire seasons are supercharged. They're earlier, tougher and longer. And our drought situation is only getting worse. It's not even summer yet and we're facing catastrophic conditions. Fire experts are saying this. We saw this coming and we knew this was going to be the year. But our politicians are saying this. Australia is doing our bit on climate change and we reject any suggestion to the contrary. But are we? For 20 years, we've been warned about what's currently unfolding. So where do we go from here? And what does our country look like in another two decades' time? The CSIRO have just done the most comprehensive climate projections for Australia to date. And today, we're going to find out exactly what we're in for. There are a few things climate experts know for sure. Hot days will become hotter, sea levels will rise, oceans will become more acidic, snow depths will continue to drop, and our extreme rainfall events will become more intense. Australia is already feeling the effects of climate change, and it's only going to get worse. Our politicians are saying it's not the time to talk about it, as many Aussie communities continue to fight bushfires burning all the way up the eastern seaboard. But former Fire Commissioner Greg Mullins disagrees. He and 23 other retired fire chiefs have banded together and are pushing for the government to declare a climate emergency. Frankly, politicians use that excuse to cop out so that they don't have to talk about something they know is happening, but they have no idea what to do about. So what exactly does our future look like? The CSIRO are trying to make sure we're as prepared as possible as our globe continues to warm. They've been working with the Bureau of Meteorology to produce the most comprehensive set of climate change predictions for Australia ever released. Dr Cathy McGuinness is the group leader of this research. Cathy, what do predictions tell us about the future of our fire seasons and our summer months here in Australia? We're likely to experience hotter summers, more extreme temperatures and greater number of days over particular temperature thresholds. So, for example, numbers of days over 35 degrees are likely to go up. Depends on where in Australia. So, for example, Brisbane and Canberra are expected to experience roughly a 50% increase in the number of days over 35 by 2030. Those sorts of things are what we're expecting to see. Can you talk us through some of the other extremes in weather conditions that we're likely to face as we move forward? Yes, so as we move forward, in addition to warmer temperatures, we also expect that when we have rainfall-bearing systems, so tropical cyclones, east coast lows, those kinds of systems that are developing over the oceans, which are also warming, the rainfall holding capacity of storm systems increases roughly about 7% per degree of global warming. And we've already had a degree of global warming, both in air temperature and ocean temperatures. So that means that the storms that occur can hold a lot more rain and produce much more extreme rainfall totals when they happen. So systems like 
as I mentioned, East Coast lows, tropical cyclones can potentially produce a lot more rainfall in short amounts of time. So that's one example of an extreme. Our sea levels are also rising. We've had about 20 centimetres of sea level rise. Now that's due to, again, warming oceans and the melting of um, the ice sheets of Antarctica and Greenland. That will continue through the century. The amount depends on how much our greenhouse gas emissions continue to increase, but there's quite a slow response in sea level rise, so it'll go on irrespective of what we do to some degree. So when we get storm systems such as tropical cyclones and so on that can cause storm surges, which are an elevation in sea level above the average, the sea level rise we've had will make the impact of those storm systems worse. So more inland flooding, more coastal erosion, those sorts of impacts. We're also, because of the increase in ocean temperatures, Marine heat waves are now a potential threat. We've already seen coral bleaching episodes in the Great Barrier Reef, and these are related to the occurrence of marine heat waves. Those sorts of impacts are expected to increase as well. And of course, other associated impacts such as increased fire weather and an extended fire season, so starting earlier, ending later. We're already seeing some of these kinds of impacts playing out. What do all of these changes mean for our future? Does it mean that Australia is going to be inhospitable one day? These changes will certainly make it difficult in some regions. So we already hear about the difficulty for farming in certain areas where they're struggling with crop failures, the impact of droughts and things like that. So that does mean that growing certain kinds of crops in certain kinds of areas is becoming more challenging. We certainly will need to rely on new innovation, I think, to build resilience into certain agricultural practices in the future, if they're to continue in those areas. But it's definitely going to create challenges for certain kinds of crops and other kinds of agriculture in certain parts of Australia, particularly the more arid parts of Australia. What kind of timeline are we looking at based off your predictions in terms of when these really big, massive changes are going to happen. I mean, they're already happening, but yeah. if we look forward, like when are we going to see these bigger climate emergencies really come to the fold? The future projections that we develop are based on scenarios. We need to work off assumptions about how much in terms of greenhouse emissions society releases into the atmosphere. So we generally use a number of scenarios, but I'll just talk about the two extreme ones that we work with. One is what we call a business as usual, which is we go on increasing our greenhouse gas emissions into the future. And the other one is perhaps more aligned with what we're trying to achieve with the Paris Agreement, which is to keep global warming to below two degrees by 2100. I guess the point is that neither of these scenarios deviate a lot between now and say about 2040, but in the second half of the century, they deviate a lot. So we don't really need to distinguish between these scenarios. So I mean, we're starting to see those impact biting just in the next 10 years or so. Others will take a bit longer to actually emerge from the background natural variability that we have anyway. So it really depends on the kind of impact that we're talking about as to when it'll clearly be evident that we're having um, a large impact from climate change. There's a lot of talk at the moment about climate anxiety. People are really stressed and scared, but it sounds like even in this chat that we're having that we should be scared. Should we be scared about all of this? And in your eyes, is there anything that we could be doing more to future-proof ourselves? 
I think it's hard not to be anxious about what the future holds, given that we know that the 195 or so countries that signed onto the Paris Agreement have committed to reducing their greenhouse gas emissions. But these, what they're called nationally determined contributions, will not get us to that two-degree goal at this stage. They do need to be ramped up considerably from what they currently are. And until we sort of see that actually happening, and of course, there is some uncertainty about how effective we don't actually have all the technologies that we need to achieve those goals anyway. So we need rapid transformation into renewable energies and so on. And we're not seeing that happening at this point in time at a rapid enough pace. But in Australia, there's a huge opportunity with renewable energies. We've got the richest solar energy, wind energy, wave energy resource. We've got a massive coastline from which tidal energy could be ramped up along parts of the coastline. We could be a world leader in terms of hydrogen production as an alternative fuel source. And there's also a lot of opportunities in the way we farm food through agriculture, offshore industries and so on. So I think that there's a lot of hope for rapid transformation. I think we just need to embrace those different alternatives. At the May election, the Australian public voted financially, not environmentally. Our Prime Minister and his party don't see climate change as a central issue for our country. Globally, we're seen as climate denialists, especially after Scott Morrison failed to turn up to a UN Climate Action Summit in September that 60 other leaders were present at. So if our government isn't doing enough, what do we do? How do we feel safe about our future and the future of our children? Well, many Australians are already doing their bit. We have the highest rollout of rooftop solar per household in the world. BHP, one of our biggest mining companies, is moving away from thermal coal and spending $500 million on its climate strategy. Hundreds of businesses are signing agreements to manage their carbon footprints, and individuals are increasingly moving away from plastic and towards recycling. It might not seem like much, but Dr Cathy says it is doing something. Even the fact that we're talking about it and pressuring the government about it is helping. All of these little efforts that individuals make, I think, are important. But of course, we also need a large effort from all parts of the community, from the individual right up to industries and government and so on, to really make a difference. But it is important that people are doing their bit. Oxford Dictionary has declared climate emergency the word of 2019. But for 2020, maybe we can move towards something like climate action. We know what's going to happen. It's time to future-proof our country. Ellie Beattie is the executive producer of The Quickie, audio production by Ian Camilleri. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.